3: It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSEN the Sports Bank Network, and we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you guys. You're certainly going to be taking a look at some college basketball in this hour, as we've got north of 50 games that is going to be going down for this college basketball Wednesday, which that always brings a lot of joy to my heart, and we're going to be talking about it quite a bit with our good friend Justin Perry. He does great work over at Chalk Quality Bets, and we're going to be discussing some of the angles that he has been taking a look at and just some of the things in general to keep in mind when it comes to conference play because I do feel like non-conference play versus conference play a little bit of different animals typically we see some teams that maybe they needed to get some things sorted out in non-conference play typically they get a little bit smoothed over during conference play you see some overachievers start to come back to the pack a little bit and some of the underachievers they start to be able to pick up some steam as well so we're going to be talking about that and so much more with our good friend Justin Perry in about 15 minutes. And in the meantime, I take a look at a conference that has been really, really underachieving this year. They had like 10. I mean, just talk about absolute sadness with this conference. We were thinking, oh boy, Dayton and St. Louis. It's going to be a good battle to see who's going to be able to win this conference. If these teams are able to be in the top 25 when it's all said and done. Right now, it's looking like a one-bit leg, and well, they should be very fortunate that every conference gets a bit because it would probably be a zero-bit leg without it. Because man, not been great. But with that said, even in not great legs, you're able to make money. Whether you're betting on the ACC, the Big 12, the Southland, the SWAC, the MEAC, or the Atlantic 10, there's all money to be made. And I still feel like one of the favorites in the Atlantic 10 is a bit overinflated. Six fifty-nine six or. 657, 658 on the betting board. It is Dayton, and they are playing us to St. Joe's right now. DraftKings has a 14 out there. I'm seeing out where I sit at circa a 15 and a half point line on this game, and your total is anywhere between 133 and 133 and a half. And whether or not you got yourself a 14 or you've got a 15 and a half, I like the points here with St. Joe's. I set them as a 12 point underdog. Dayton has nobody bringing up the ball right now. And I'm not even kidding when I say that because their main two ball handlers are Kobe Elvis and Malachi Smith. They tried to bring back Malachi Smith towards their like Thanksgiving Day tournament out there in the Battle for Atlantis. He was unable to get going. They had Kobe Elvis tried to be able to ha- handle the ball. He has been out since very late November. And, well, they've got back at full Kobe Bray as someone who was able to shoot relatively solidly from three point range last season. But. He's never been a passer. He's averaging one assist per game. So you're really left with no options. I'm going to say this last name wrong. Mike Scherzermitz. We always just call him Mongolian Mike. He's a guy named Mike who comes over from Mongolia. He's been a very good player. And apparently in his native country of Mongolia, he was like the player of the year or something like that. So give him a lot of credit where credit is due. He's right now their main facilitator. Six half points. Three assists per game. He's a six-foot-eight, little bit of a combo player, and I mean he's a solid player, but that's not the guy that you necessarily want to be dole, having dole out the ball. You've got Daron Holmes and Tumani Kamara. These guys are tremendous down low. As maybe able to combine to be able to give you 17 and a half rebounds. Daron Holmes is able to give you 19 points. Shoots 43 percent from three, but that's because he takes a half a three per game. Tumani Kamara he takes more like two and a half threes per game, and he's shooting a clunker of 235 percent from distance. And Dayton. They're in the bottom 40 in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting. They're shooting 30.4% now. They cut off the arc. They are only allowing opponents to shoot 27% from three, but they themselves are creating turnovers in a way that Sarah Lee would be impressed. 14 turnovers per game for this team, and they're in the bottom 50 in terms of possessions per game. So if you take a look at it on a turnovers on a per-possession basis, they're one of the worst teams in all of college basketball. Meanwhile, for the St. Joe's team, they're looking to not be average Joe's. And they've had Lynn Grayer come in from Dayton, and he's been able to do a solid job. I should say Duquesne, as he's been able to give the team a little bit over four assists, 10.5 points per game. And they've got two nice check scores out there in the backcourt: Eric Reynolds, along with Cam Brown. They've been able to combine for 32.5 points. They dish out 4.5 assists per game, and with Reynolds, shoots 39.5% from three-point range. Cam Brown, he is shooting 46% from three on volume with nearly seven threes per contest. Now, the team is going to be outgunned a little bit down low. Ajikbe Oviana, who has come in from Vanderbilt, he's only been able to give you four rebounds per game after last season. He was able to give you more like seven rebounds per game, and then Kasper Klansic has been able to give you right around six rebounds per game. So, I mean, these guys are able to do an okay job. Dayton, no doubt they're going to have the advantage on low, and I don't think that Dayton loses this game outright or anything like that. But with that said, I cannot see laying this many points with a low and slow Dayton team that has nobody bringing up the ball for them right now. I'm going to be taking the points with St. Joe's. semi total 133, so seeing the total of 133.5, you do have a St. Joe's team that, well, they're not necessarily the most efficient in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis as currently they're clocking in 204th with that regard. Dayton has actually still been also, we saw it on defense. 21st in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. So a situation where I'm taking a look at the under, and I'm taking a look at the points with St. Joe's. How about if we take a look at a little bit of a surprise team out there in the Atlantic 10 that has been full of disappointments. 667, 668 on the board. BCU hits the road to face off against Duquesne. Duquesne is a point favorite, and your total on this game is anywhere between 136.5 and 137. I've got these teams as equal on a neutral court. I'm going to be willing to lay the point. With Duquesne, I'd be willing to lay up to 2.5 with them. With Duquesne, they've been able to do a rock-solid job with A.D. Grant being able to headline this offense. 17 points per contest. He's shooting darn near 40% from three-point range, and they go up against a VCU team. that I was mentioning it with Dayton, the fact that they just create so many turnovers that it's not even funny. VCU, 15.5 turnovers per contest. Now, the good news is you've got Ace Baldwin back in the fold, and Ace Baldwin is pretty awesome. He's shooting north of 45% from three-point range He's been able to do a good job of... Helping out this team just with really the flow of their offense, because he also gives out right around about six and a half assists per game. Whenever he's out there, he's been able to do a good job being able to give the team three steals per game as well. That's one of the best marks in all of college basketball. You got guys like Locke Watkins, Jaden Deloach. These are all guys that are pretty solid. As typically with VCU. You're able to go right around 8 or so deep. They're doing that once again this season. They could use a little bit more out of Nick Kern, who's only giving you right around 3 points per contest, but by and large they've been able to do a solid job there. But for Duquesne, I think that they're going to be able to hold up down low. Deloche has been able to give this VCU team right around 7 rebounds per game, but that's not necessarily their forte. Brandon Johnson's is able to give you 12 points, right around 5.5 rebounds per game. But you take a look at Duquesne, you've been able to have Austin Rotroff be able to give you 6.5 rebounds per game. He's been in a little bit of funk recently, but in his last game he was able to bust out of that. And then Kevin Brewer came in from Florida National. He thought that he would be a little bit more of a scorer. They've turned him pretty much into a designated passer. He went through appendicitis during the offseason. He needed his appendix taken out. He had some complications with the surgery, which I feel like has really held him back in terms of being a scorer. But as a passer, he's been rock solid. He's returned in the last two games. He's had, in that span, 10 assists of one turnover, only 11 points in those two games, but has been able to do a good job as a pass-first guy for this Duquesne team, really give them some stability. You got a Dayton team, or you've got a Duquesne team that they don't necessarily play up tempo. Right around 200th in terms of possessions per game. VCU is actually a team that they're going to be willing to gun it just a little bit more out of your 363 D1 teams. It's not like they're an absolute blazer or anything like that. But VCU, right around 128th in terms of possessions per game, it's just a VCU team that they are on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of their offense and their defense. Their offense won the least efficient in all of college basketball. But their defense, 26th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. I do think that Duquesne, with having great, one of the best peer scores that you're going to find outside the power of six in all of college basketball. Going to be able to get it done in the spot. Semi-tall at 132, diving under. And with Duquesne, I am willing to lay up to two and a half with them. Set them as a three-point favorite, so willing to lay the small number here. How about if we take a look at it? legitimately one of the most disappointing teams in all of college basketball? 669, 670 on the betting board. Loyal of Chicago is going to be on the road facing off against Davidson. Davidson is between a five and five and a half point favorite total on this game. One thirty four and a half. This is a number that it began at four and a half. I completely agree with the line move. I'm willing to lay up to six here with Davidson. Davidson has been a disappointment themselves, but the Foster Lawyer show is absolutely awesome. This guy has been able to shoot about 35 36 percent from three. Seventeen points. Nearly five rebounds, nearly five assists per game, and then Sam Menenga has been in a six-foot-nine combo player and is able to chip in their 14-plus points. He's able to shoot it well from three-point range, in for loyal Chicago, 16 and a half turnovers per game, and they aren't up tempo. They're 240th in terms of possessions per game. I mean, this is just ridiculously bad offense, and they've went completely down the toilet bowl from last year. They didn't even lose a ton from last year. You thought that, all right, Loyal Chicago, they should be able to do a pretty rock-solid job, but you can tell what Porter Mosier meant to this program. You're number two without him under Drew Valentine. It is not going well, to say the least. So Paulson has been able to give you 14 points, 5.5 rebounds. He is the only guy in this roster, by the way, that gives you north of 5.5 rebounds per game. He's been able to shoot 47% from three-point range, but for Loyal Chicago collective. They're shooting 33.7% from three. They bring in Bryce Golden. He was solid at Butler last year. He's forgotten how to play basketball. He's giving you four and a half points per game. Once again, 16 and a half turnovers per game. If that's not enough reason to fade them, I don't know what is. And for this loyal Chicago team, it's just been unsightly bad for them. They've nearly lost their opener against fairly Dickinson on their home floor. They just time and time again have not been rock solid. And are coming off of giving up 97 points to our nation's first president, George Washington. I mean, granted, George Washington was very good back in the day in the Battle of Trenton, but you should not be giving up 97 points to him here in 2023. Completely unacceptable by this team. And for loyal Chicago, you just don't know where they are going to be moving forward. They're now outside the top 150 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Davidson, they're leaving a little bit of something to be desired themselves, but... Still so have guys like a Connor Kechera, they're able to chip in there, right around seven to seven and a half points per game. I think Davidson should be able to get the job done in the spot. A pair of disappointments, but one to lay up to six with Davidson in the spot, and I did make my total one thirty-one and a half. Royal Chicago been rudderless on offense, been rudderless on defense. I think that they're going to go back to that slow form. Looking at the under end. Coming in next, we're looking at the great game of college basketball with our good friend Justin Perry. He does amazing work at shot quality bets, and you're going to hear him next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on V-SIM, the Sports Bank Network.
2: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe will win a one
0: on one concept. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's gonna guard. He don't care
1: about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top
4: not of it,
3: like that. See that,
4: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came
1: out from crying tears, <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock, and he's, he's going withdraw withdrawals about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't need it. Ain't it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on Vsin, the sports
5: betting network.
3: Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for just $79 and get everything that we do now through the big day and sign up today and. You also receive $20 by Veasan Sports Betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. And only Veasan Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by Veasan shows and guests, betting splits and betting reports. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now and get Veasan Pro access through the end of March Madness at veasancom subscribe We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Veasan, the sports betting network, and. It's great to be joined by our guest Justin Perry. He does absolutely amazing work over at Shock Quality Bets. And Justin, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you.
5: Hey Greg, how you doing? Always a pleasure to be on the show. Excited to chat a little college ball.
3: Oh, myself as well. And Justin, as we sit here right now, there is zero college basketball undefeated remaining. It has been a wild and crazy year. What do you make out of everything? Because This is a year where there's no clear number one. We got spoiled in recent years with Gonzaga and Duke doing what they did during the regular season. By the way, neither of those teams won the national championship that year. So there's that aspect of it. But I think that this is a year in which it's very wide open. And for those that bet game to game like we do, I think that that allows for a lot more value because there's a lot of situational handicapping that needs to be done and a lot of just matchup-based handicapping that needs to be done.
5: Oh yeah. And I think we've seen a lot of evidence of situational and matchup based handicapping really going a long way this season. You have to know how guard play is going to impact the game, how, you know, maybe the big men down low are going to match up and impact how we see points scored in the paint and, and what that means for the three point offenses and how the spacing on the floor is going to look like you need to start to understand all of that. You mix in tempo, you mix in you know efficiencies it's pretty uh, intricate these days and we're seeing a lot of craziness on top of it you can't say there's no variance involved uh, it's the name of the game but to your point all the top undefeated teams in the nation falling in 3 days one by one by one i mean just domino effect kind of just had a feeling that new mexico wasn't going to make it out of fresno alive they had lost a lot of their most recent matches against them. I believe all of the last five, so six in a row. Now they can't seem to get past this team, tough conference opponent. This is exactly the type of situation where if you do the research, you look into how these teams play. The programs tend to match up a certain style against each other and boom, you lose your undefeated record.
3: It's been absolutely insane to be able to take a look at that. And Justin, in terms of conference versus on conference handicapping because Now we're in the meat of it. We were seeing a few conference games sprinkled in in November slash December. I personally don't put them in the same vein as the games. They're in January, February into very early March. Do you take a look at anything different? Because I do think that now this time of year, now that we've got all these conference games, it does lend a little bit more value to the under because you get a little bit more familiarity and teams in general do seem to play just a little bit slower this time of year.
5: Yeah, no, the under definitely creeps into my mind a little bit more during conference season. Uh, you know, you see maybe a little bit more milking of the clock with a larger lead in, in conference play than you do maybe when you're just taking a peek at these non-con games and they're running up the score to try to make their at-large records look a little different. But when you're into conference play, you're trying to avoid losses. You're trying to make sure that your rank or your seed in conference tournaments is where you want so that you can try to get... a a bid to the big dance so everything becomes a little bit more ultimate possessions are a little bit more premium you see people like shooting later in the shot clock rather than putting up kind of maybe you know, lower quality shots. Uh, so it's it's definitely a something that's into the lines too. So you're not necessarily like beating everybody, thinking that oh, I'm the first person doing conference unders. But it is definitely something you want to keep an eye on and overtime games too. Sometimes these games just aren't decided by that much. You can get pretty good odds on those lines. But it, it's definitely a fun time of the year, and and using those non-con games maybe to get strength of schedule is important. Um, some of the some of the teams schedule some pretty good non con schedules. So it's just about knowing uh, which ones are actually doing the tough stuff and which one kind of gave themselves a cakewalk and evaluating everything against everything else.
3: Well, you've just crushed my dreams because I thought I was a Play Doh of college basketball being like, I am the first person to ever think <laughs> that in conference play, we see more unders than overs. But that said, I totally do I, agree you know, with you. Yeah. Um,
5: it, it, it's tough. It's tough. Everybody, everybody looks to it. You, you get to the point where the markets know, especially what people are kind of looking for. And you have to try to make sure that you also look at overs. I mean, we saw, you know, that what, I think the Brown and Penn game the other day in the Ivy league Brown had been like hitting a lot of unders and, but this matchup specifically had been overs for a long time and they got there in a late flurry and you know, it doesn't really matter how the bet hits to the bookie. Right. So, uh it's it's kind of hard to quantify there's a lot of variance as i'll say every five minutes but it's a fun sport to try to figure out
3: oh absolutely it is and you bring up one of those that i did have the under on i thought it was looking very good as they were playing at like a sub three points per minute pace for the first 32 minutes and going for 120. yeah it was looking very very good for that and it came up snake eyes and Are there some teams that you are taking a look at right now? Because you mentioned that Brown game that you're taking a look at, whether it be to bet them or fade them based on the information that you're seeing that they're either playing a little bit above their skis or perhaps they're doing for some positive progression, as I like to call it.
5: Yeah, no, you definitely have to have positive progression. You know, even I, I, sometimes I catch myself saying positive regression. I don't even know. There's, there's (laughs) so much terminology out here, but What we do have over at shock quality bets is expected ATS ratings based off of what essentially we've built our, our name around, which is these shock quality scores. We go and we, rate every single shot on the floor to understand the quality of the offense and defense being played, uh, getting expected scores and therefore expected ATS ratings. So uh, we do have teams that are performing a lot better and a lot worse. I know one that we highlighted just today was that Louisville was due to be playing a lot better than they have been. And anybody can probably tell you that because they couldn't hit the side of a barn for the first couple weeks of the season, but they gave the Cuse a run for their money today. And it's this type of scenario where, like, everybody's against Louisville that you kind of have to be like, well, does that mean there might be more than uh, necessary value on them? And and tonight the answer was yes. It's not always yes, but it, it does tend to work that way. And another team that we're looking at like that, I think, is Indiana uh, has been doing a little bit too good. Oklahoma State, Utah, top our list of expected ATS regression. Um, so, yeah, Utah, man, 13.3 expected ATS covering. Uh, they're hitting 60% of their spreads. So some negative regression could be coming for the youths, according to shock quality.
3: Yep. It's been interesting to take a look at Utah thus far this season. And I took Louisville on Tuesday. It was one of those where it's like, man, I don't want to be doing this a whole heck of a lot, but they're four and two in their last six games against the spread. And I do think that that's very interesting. And how much do you take a look at some of these teams that have been horrible against the spread? And we've got a perfect example of it because uh, 363 D1 teams. They are the worst team against the spread. And that'd be Tulsa. They're going to be in action on Wednesday. They're playing against Tulane. They're anywhere between a 13 to a 13 and a half point underdog. And it's not like I think that this line is completely out of whack, but I said my line more around 12. And I think with some of these really bad against the spread teams, as better as bet them, they get burnt. It causes them yep. to be on sort of like a no fly list, a fade list, what have you. And that's the time that typically I want to buy in.
5: Yeah, no, Tulsa is exactly one of those teams, in my opinion. And I do think that Tulane line is a little big for my liking. I know I'm not rushing to go fade Tulsa in the situation where, you know, one and eleven, one eleven 11 and one. I mean, you know, obviously lines kind of matter. But um, we rate them five and eight ATS based on expected scores. So there is definitely some value on what they have put out versus, you know, what has actually fallen through the cylinder. Uh, That's the best way to kind of put it is that they are taking better shots. They are putting up looks that should be generating more points than they are getting, Uh, you know, some of their more recent play, uh, even the SMU. Failed to cover the spread by 17, but shot quality still rated it as a six point win. So you have to go and take a look at how each game does differ uh, game to game. But there's usually shooting splits involved when teams just can't seem to hit their shots. Well, you know, sometimes that's just bad luck. Uh, And teams do go through spells throughout the season. And then when you go look back at the average for the whole year, you're like, that looks really normal. But that doesn't tell the story. They started cold, and then they you know, blew past everybody in the second half of the season when nobody believed in them. It happens every year. There's 360-plus stories, 360-plus you know, ups and downs to follow. And Tulsa's probably at a point where you can't get much more value than what you're getting right now, is basically what our numbers are saying.
3: Yep, and something that I think is very smart as well, and something that for those that always read the VEASAN betting guide, something that I do every single year is I take a look at, oh, Team X was – something and something in non-conference play against the spread looking at non-conference versus conference against the spread records i think is very yes. important because to your point there are some teams that they start out as cold as an igloo and when they're as cold as an igloo that means value goes up 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 and we've always got value when we've got justin perry of shot quality fed support and coming up next we're going to be taking a look at some of the big games for wednesday with him right here on the greg peterson experience on veeson the sports betting network
5: the sports betting network
3: before you make your next bet be sure to visit vcin.com to check out the current betting splits data want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game well the betting splits data as you covered as it is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so that way you're able to see all the action changes in the action and find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion, and you're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that Vison is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at v We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Vison the Sports Betting Network. Great to be rejoined by Justin Perry. Does amazing work over there at Shot Quality Bets. And Justin, let's dive into some games that we're going to be seeing on Wednesday. And here's one that you like that I gave out a little bit earlier villanova and georgetown old georgetown the team that can't play two halves of basketball to save their lives but now you're getting between nine and nine and a half points with them total on this game is about 143 and a half and with georgetown i think they have the talent to honestly not just cover this game but perhaps be able to win it outright the only problem is they're completely brain dead and they can't play any defense, yeah. but they're going up against a Villanova team that they themselves, outside the top two hundred in terms of points scored on a per possession basis, they play super duper slow, so it's gonna be a low possession game. I like the points here with Georgetown. Can't get there outright, obviously, but I think Georgetown might be in a good buy low spot.
5: Oh yeah. And and we, we were talking a little bit about buy low spots on the break and I mean look, what you gotta realize with this is that Big East is about not losing too much, and all of these Power Six conferences become that. So when you look at a favorite like Nova, um, and this is one of my favorite and probably one of the most pure betting principles out there, you want to like you have to understand they're trying to win the game, um, especially at this point in the season. Like they have no, I you know they're not looking for a 10-point win. They might get it. You know the distribution mean essentially might land on nine nine and a half like that's true but i see this as a pretty much you know maybe a little different than the models that set the lines i think that what georgetown is going to be able to do is keep this a lot closer than people expect again keeping it within double digits for the big east should be pretty possible we've seen road Favorites struggle a little bit in the opening of conference play. And so I'm feeling pretty good. Nova's looking for a win. They just lost at home, you know, like they just took a home loss. They wanted to just go get a road win to kind of make up for it, bounce back. Uh, They lost to Marquette in a grueling game. This team is just trying to stay afloat as they try to get their star Justin Moore back. They want to win against Georgetown. They cannot suffer a loss. That's probably what they're going in there trying to achieve you're, you're not minus nine and a half line is on no one's mind when they're up three with, you know, two and a half minutes to go. They just got to get out of there with a dub so that they don't lose ground to you. I mean, you know, that's kind of the game. So yeah, I'm taking the points. It's scary. It makes me doubt myself when I go to sleep, but those are the bets you want. Uh, it's, I don't know, at least in my opinion, those are the bets you want.
3: Yep. There are some grody ones and man, the Atlantic 10 has just been full of grody teams in general. I hit upon this A little bit earlier as well but I take a look at this Davidson versus Loyola Chicago game and the only reason why Davidson is only a five-point favorite in my opinion is because we saw Loyola Chicago a few years ago make the Sweet 16 and make the Final Four. This Loyola Chicago team is objectively one of the worst teams I've seen in all of college basketball this season Davidson has not been doing a tremendous job, but I made this line closer to six, six and a half personally. I'm going to lay the five to five and a half with Davidson. I'm not sure if you agree slash so disagree, but well, Chicago just can't get enough clean possessions to be able to cover this number. In my opinion.
5: Yeah. I mean, I am shocked that this was at four and a half, five and a half. I think I got four and a half when I played it. Yeah. It opened uh, for I, <laughs> I was, I was pretty uh, impressed with that number. I just, because what does that mean that these teams are like within a point or two on a neutral court? Come on, come on. Like, I don't know if everyone has seen this Davidson team, but they are big. I saw what they were able to do to Fordham on their own floor. This a 10 is probably not ready for these big boys in conference play. They have about three guys who look to be about six, eight and up and you can feel their size. I think like, Number 42 is like really pretty nice. I forget his name. It's a little tough. Sam to Menenga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. He's he's going to be a, I think the size inside is going to be a problem. These guys know how to pass when they draw the double team and they get easy buckets. And I do not think this Loyola defense, which again, ranked terribly on shock quality. Two 40. I just, you can't get away with something like that. Davidson all the way up at 127 this year, almost more efficient on offense. I mean, I'm sorry, more efficient on defense than offense. And, and look, they, they I think they're going to handle it. I, I love this pick today. I'm really all over this Davidson team. I think they're going to return a lot of value through conference play. Um, I was really impressed with what I saw. And I don't think much of the A10 has the size to match up and that means easy buckets, good looks, good shot quality, and that should lead to good results.
3: And Justin, loyal Chicago just gave up 97 points to our nation's first president. He's over 200 years old, and they gave up 97 points to him. I mean, good grief. It's been yeah. so bad for them this year. It's not so savory. This is a line that, as we're doing this, it is starting to creep up. College of Charleston and North Carolina a and is an 11-point home underdog a little bit concerned that Austin Johnson is out of the fold for a and And I think that that's a big reason why this line is moving. I think it's starting to get a little bit too lofty for me to be able to lay with Charleston. I really love this team. And on the opener of 9.5, I liked it. I'm not sure if the line move keeps you on Charleston or not. But I do think that with Charleston, he had a little bit of value on the open. But if this continues to move, I think it might be starting to get a little out of range.
5: I did put a bet down at 11. I think any further, I would be too scared. I know it opened at nine and a half. My, my thing here is just that this is a very legitimate Charleston team. And, and I tend to stay away from betting the teams that have the little numbers because it's just kind of hard to get the proper value. But I, I do think that this NCAT team just does not have what it needs to to kind of match up and stop Charleston from getting what they want. Um, I also played the first half here because I think this is a scenario in which Charleston could, you know, kind of dominate early, clearly win the game analytically, uh, be up kind of big, and then, you know, what, a backdoor? Uh, I, I don't want that to happen. So I've, I've played the first half and the full game evenly. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting game. Charleston has been a, a monster. Uh, you know, we, we do rate them in shot quality at 87. So a little bit surprising to hear for a top 25 rated team, but the results have shown for themselves uh, coming off of a big win against Towson. uh, I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. They, they really, they have some really good shot makers and they do not let teams take good shots. So uh, I believe in that type of stuff. I am not really a big fan of, uh, of what NCAT has done this season. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but it, it could get a little messy.
3: Here's a game that I do think could get a little bit messy as well. Texas A&M versus Florida. Florida opened up a seven-point favorite. Now we're seeing this in the neighborhood of six to six and a half. I'm seeing a lot of sixes pop up. And for Texas A&M, it's been a team that has just been a little bit rudderless, in my opinion. Florida has left a little bit of something to be desired themselves. But I take a look at Florida having the best shot eraser in this game in in Colin castleton And I think that that's going to be very impactful for them. It's a Texas AM team that I was just, I don't know if you were expecting a little bit more from them, but I was, I thought that the opener of more round seven was appropriate. Now that we're seeing the summer come down, I think that it's starting to lend some value on Florida.
5: Yeah, uh, I, I would have to agree with you. And I think that what's going to be interesting is how uh, AM deals with that issue in their shot selection. They are one of the best teams in terms of getting quality looks. Uh, We rate them at number six, so 98th percentile and all D1 can't get much better than that. They get good looks, but the shot making is a lot lower. I mean, you're talking 34th percentile, bottom third in terms of guys who can make tough looks. So what ends up happening is they're less than like great shooters rely on really good shots to get points. So if they don't have those really good shot opportunities if they don't have the opportunities to take good looks, they're going to really struggle. And Florida definitely, as you said, has the disruptor presence to do that. They are 63rd best in terms of allowing good shots. So they don't really allow good shot. Um, and teams have, you know, Not shot well against them. So I I do think there's value on this Florida team going forward in their SEC play as well. Like Davidson, uh, long term team, my guess is if you just bet on this Florida team with their high frequency attack in the rim, they don't commit offensive turnovers, good at defensive rebounding, play the pick and roll really well too. So I really like this Florida Gators team. Uh, Todd Golden has them in a good spot to play in the SEC, which is going to be a big boys conference. Should be some uh, banging around there. But yeah, it's going to be a good game. I'm with you. Florida should be the side.
3: And it's going to be a great day of college basketball. On Wednesday, we've got over 50 games on the board. Justin, you do an absolutely amazing job taking a look at them over at Chalk Quality Bets. Always appreciate the time on the show. Thank you so much. Hey,
5: thanks, Greg. See you soon. Have a good day, guys. Thanks.
3: Absolutely. Justin Perry, one of the best finds that you're going to find handicapping college basketball. What they do at Chalk Quality Bets really is amazing. Looking at every single shot that you take. just how to be able to take a look at college basketball in a little bit of a different light in and in the final segment, gonna give you guys my DK Nation pick for this college basketball Wednesday here on Beeson the Sports Bank Network.
2: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win
0: a one-on-one concept. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding.
5: He's
4: going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard.
5: Like You see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going guard, and then on I'm top not of that.
0: like that, see that?
4: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out my room
1: crying tears. <laughs> crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs>
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Winter sports are in full swing, and Bent Rovers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a fan of Basketball, hockey, or football, bet rivers as you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal score insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance, and so much more. It's a whole new game. We're back here on the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here on Vison the Sports Bank Network, and it's always great to be joined by Justin Perry. Join me in the last few segments taking a look at the great game of college basketball and just some general angles to take a look at as well. Gave you guys some picks for Wednesday and also, we always love to be able to present the fish, but also sort of learning how to fish as well. As something that we love to do, and we were able to do both with Justin. So, always do appreciate that. Little bit of a programming note coming up 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. It's Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. I'm sure that they're going to be taking a look at everything that is happening in terms of what we saw on Monday Night Football. Obviously, very, very scary situation with Damar Hamlin. So, Hopefully, we're able to get good news. That's what every one of us, I'm sure, is hoping and praying for. So, hopefully, we're going to be able to get some good news there as of right now. Just really no updates on my side. I've been checking in throughout the show, but we just have not been able to see so much. So, I will say a prayer tonight for um Certainly, just hope for absolutely nothing but the best. There's nothing else that can really be said about that situation. I am not going to try to, but and said so we're gonna be taking a look at that and so much more. And if you're listening live to the Greg Peterson experience coming up next, a replay of the Greg Peterson experience. But in the meantime, we've got some college basketball to break down and we've got my DK nation write up. Went down in a fiery heap with Mississippi State. They got completely destroyed. If there is good news, They didn't have to sweat it and it counts for one loss. It's one of those things where, you know, it's like run differential with the Seattle Mariners. I remember like two years ago, they were in contention for a playoff spot. They were having like a negative 50 run differential or something like that. I would much rather lose one bet by 35 by 35 points and then win a bunch of one-point bets to be able to offset that. And let's look to be able to get on the right side here. 689-690 on the betting board. Oklahoma plays those to Iowa State. Iowa State is an underdog of four points with your total on this game 124.5. And with Oklahoma... I feel like they should be the underdog in this spot. I said Iowa state as a two point favorite. My right up here is going to be on Iowa state. Most likely going to have to be a spread bet because just at the time of publish, clean money lines are not available. But when it comes to Iowa state, I think that this team is absolutely going to be able to bear down on defense as they have allowed in regulation, 64 points or fear in 10 out of their 11 games. There was one game that went to overtime against Villanova. So, does I count with that regard, the lone game was that crazy Iowa game where they were without Chris Murray for the first time and Iowa just could not stop canning threes. I don't think that that is going to be the case here, though I could see Oklahoma being able to bury a few threes of their own. They actually ranked in the top ten nationally in terms of three-point shooting percentage and they've taken on the style of Porter Mosier, who came in from Loyola, Chicago a few years ago. He's got the team playing super-duper slow as they're currently 351st in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game, but... I mentioned their good three-point shooting percentage. They are have some very interesting splits. They shoot 34.6% from three-point range at home, north of 45.5% from three-point range on the road, and now they have to go up against an Iowa State team that they bear down. Iowa State's forte is defense. Six in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. In terms of turnovers forced on a per-possession basis, they force one on north of 30% of them. That is the number one in all of college basketball. Now they have to go up against an Oklahoma team, two hundred and seventy-fifth in the country in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis on offense. They have a tough time holding onto it. Grant Sherfield has been able to do a relatively solid job at the backcourt for this team. He's shooting well over forty percent from three-point range, has been able to give out four assists per game, and you've got the Groves brothers, Tanner and Jacob Groves, both being able to combine for about twenty-one points per game. So they do have some nice pieces on the scene, but I do take a look at Iowa State. Certainly a hole is greater than some of its parts approach for them. You've got Andre Kunich, who I really like, 8.5 points. He's been able to give you 6 rebounds per game. Was a little bit banged up for a game or two this season, but still should be out there in this game. And each of your top 4 scores for Iowa State, they generate at least 1.2 steals per game, including Gabe Kelscher being able to give you 2 steals per contest. He's starting to come along for the ride with his 3-point shooting, and Holmes, Caleb Grill. They combined to shoot about 36% from distance. Holmes has been able to give you 13.5 points, 3 assists per game. Grill, seal and a half alt, 10.5 points per game. These guys have been able to do a good job there. And Oshunoshuni doesn't necessarily put up great numbers, but he comes in from the good old St. Bonaventure Bonnies. He was actually a, home, a teammate of the top scorer in Deron Holmes. He's been able to give you 8 points, 3 rebounds. If you take a look at some of the defensive metrics, has been one of the more valuable players to his team. In terms of guys that don't necessarily put up like a double-double or anything like that. So I do think that that is important to take a look at in Oklahoma. They just don't generate second chances. They are 337th out of 363 D1 teams in terms of percentage of misses that are able to net them in offensive rebound. I know it's always a little bit of a dangerous spot with a unranked team being favored at home against a ranked team. But I think that this is a bad matchup for Oklahoma. I think Iowa State goes on the road. They're able to get it done all right. My DK Nation write-up going to be on the side of Iowa State. And I did set my total out of 126. The big reason why is because Iowa State is a little bit slower, but you've got an Oklahoma team that's able to bury 30 cents. For Iowa State... They've been able to get their offense online as well. 70 plus points in four out of their last five games. I've been relatively impressed by what they've been able to do. Not like they're a missile in terms of their offense or anything like that. But you know what? With guys like Caleb Grill and company being able to step up, I am willing to take a look at the over and my write-up. That is going to be on the side of Iowa State. Now let's take a look at a few other games I think are going to be relatively fascinating for this game. Here's another team that... I think should be a favorite and they're an underdog this is 699 700 on the betting board the aggies of new mexico state hit the road to face off against stone cold steven f austin steven f austin two and a half my favorite total on this game is 144 and a half it's all about the backcourt with this new mexico state team you've got a pair of guys that have been able to do a good job of being able to generate steals and a pair of guys that they do a nice job of just really being able to flow this offense committee and that'd be Xavier Pinson along to Washington. These two guys they combine for about 25.8 points per game. They combine for nine assists three seals per game and with Washington he gives you 43.2 percent three-point shooting with 7.9 rebounds per game. Isa Muhammad is a six-foot nine combo player and should do a good job against the Stephen F. Austin team that they are terrible at taking care of the ball. Stephen F. Austin north of 16 turnovers per game. Now they themselves generate those turnovers. They're getting nine and a half steals per game. They're forcing opponents into 19 and a half turnovers per game. So their games, if it were a food group, it would be sloppy joes. So you got that going on. And it is a Stephen Austin team that has been able to shoot 39% from three partners. Latrell Jostle has really been one of your main guys. He and Cedric Hall have been able to combine for 26 points. Both of these guys combined to be able to shoot right in that pocket of about 43%. From three-point range, Hall has been able to give you six and a half rebounds per game, but he along Donna Atibosico are the only two guys that will be able to give you north of four rebounds per game. So New Mexico State should have a little bit of a size advantage online. We've already seen New Mexico State go on the road, have some relatively positive results. They very nearly knocked off Santa Clara when it felt like darn near half their team was suspended for that game. They go on the road, they take down Duquesne and DeWan Gordon. It's been able to give you double figures in each out of the last five games. Comes in from Kansas State and Missouri. He's been able to fire on all cylinders. 10.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, 3-point shooting percentage. It's been a little bit hit or miss with him, but I do think that with also having Anthony Roy being able to give this team 10.5 points, 5.5 boards, that you've got a well-rounded New Mexico State team. I think that they're going to do a solid job taking care of the ball. 12.5 turnovers per game. Nothing great, nothing terrible. There, they're able to generate right around eight steals per game as well. Having a guy in Xavier Pinson who has won the top players for LSU last year that plays to their advantage. I did set New Mexico State as a favorite in this spot, so I'm going to be willing to take a look at them on the money line. Did set my total at 148 and a half. Stephen Alfsen may be able to get to 70 points at each of their last five games. New Mexico State, they're not shy of playing a little bit more up tempo as well. So take a look at the over and the money line in this spot. And uh, a game that is going to be going out was—I'll uh, give you very briefly—since. We're coming to the end of it. This is 729, 730 on the betting board. Nevada plays as Colorado State. Colorado State is a four and a half point dog with your total between 138.5 and, and 139. And it's a circumstance where I did set Nevada as a six point favorite. Darian Williams has come in as a freshman. He's been able to give this Nevada team in that neighborhood about seven rebounds per game. And then you've got a heat seeking missile in Jared Lucas, comes in from the Pac 12. He's giving you 18.5 points per game. Nevada has really slowed things down. They're now right around 235th in the country. In terms of total possessions per game. And they've been really good in terms of holding it down defensively. As this is a team that they now rank at the top 100. In terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They go up against Colorado State team. that They're more around 200th in the country. In terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Isaiah Stevens has been rock solid. But I don't think that they're going to be able to hold up down low. Set Nevada as a six point favorite. pair of teams outside the top 200 in terms of possessions per game. Looking at this total under as well. As I set my total at a 135. And that does lead us into our final visa pro tip for the show visa.com slash subscribe for all these we were talking about with justin perry you can find some very good buy low spots on teams that have not been so savory against the spread thus far this season a lot of people like to fade these teams that they got burnt by early on in the season against the spread that lends a little bit more value on these teams that they got off to a slow start against the spread Two men that get off to a really fast start, though. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, Paul the money. Comes your way 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on v the Esports Bank Network.